podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to a special edition of AI Pro Plus. I'm Trev Danny and joining me to speak about unprecedented events. This show will also, by the way, be available on the AI uh, normal channel as well on the free side for everybody immediately after we finish and Guy gets to edit it. As I said, joining me to talk about these unprecedented events that are shaking not only football but society are Jim Boardman and Eddie Gibbs and Guy Drinkle. Um, Eddie, this idea for this was pretty much um, your baby and I want you to frame it up in a sentence or two as to why it is that we're talking about these topics today and what it is we're going to try and cover off if you could in brief summary and then I'll go and speak to everybody else about whatever topic we want to begin with. I think the first thing to say Trevor is that none of us would profess to be experts on this you know what i mean we're, we're we're just liverpool fans at the end of the day and we we know that there will be a call for content from us on on how this affects liverpool uh, it obviously affects society and the world at a far a greater level than us it's a global pandemic at the end of the day and we're just uh, caught in the crossfire so we decided we would get together to give the subscribers the listeners of anfield index some context on where we see things from a liverpool perspective with the news breaking today finally uh, and I say finally, and we'll go into reasons for that uh, later, but finally with the Premier League announcing that they will suspend uh, fixtures until at least the 3rd of April. So that was why I felt we should get together. Obviously, Jim has uh, been active on social media. I've been very active on social media for the uh, past 24 hours on this as well. So it just seemed like an opportunity to uh, follow on from some of the stuff you discussed with uh, with Carl and uh, Cam last night uh, in a much more jovial way, shall we say, to uh, kind of get into the seriousness of this and how it's going to affect the, the te- our club and uh, what we're all expected to happen after uh, after the season that's been so far. Right, well that's pretty much framed that up and let me um, begin by reading that statement from um, the FA or the Premier League? Yeah, Premier League statement. Premier League statement. Although uh, international fixtures, uh, FA international fixtures uh, during the upcoming international break have been shelved as well. Uh, do, do we have anything official from them? I'll have a look for that afterwards while, yeah, while the, you go. The FA have done a statement as well. So I think the FA, the Premier League, the EFL have kind of all agreed to agree to postpone football until that date. So the statements are roughly the same. Okay. They just kind of put their own head and tail on them, I think. Perfect. Well, then, if it is comparatively generic, let's read this Premier League one. And then Jim, who you just heard, can uh, respond to that immediately. And I'll get Guy's take before we start teasing this topic out a little bit more. Um It says, following a meeting of shareholders today, it was unanimously decided to suspend the Premier League with the intention of returning on the 4th of April, subject to medical advice and conditions at the time. 
Premier League Chief Executive Richard Masters said, above all, we wish Mikel Arteta and Callum Hudson-Odoi speedy recoveries and everyone else affected by COVID-19. In this unprecedented situation, we are working closely with our clubs, government, the FA and EFL and can reassure everyone the health and welfare of players, staff and supporters are our priority. Despite the challenges, it is the Premier League's aim to reschedule the displaced fixtures, including those played by academy sides, when it is safe to do so. In this fast-moving environment, further updates will be provided when appropriate. Jim, it's it's interesting, isn't it? That last sentence is very much the key sentence because they can have all the intentions in the world uh, as outlined re um, playing fixtures when safe. But it is a fast moving environment. Every day we're um, in a new scene in this movie that we've all seen before. Uh, and therefore things can happen at the drop of a hat, right? Yeah, definitely. And I think the things that um, that may be really, really upsetting the football authorities is they've got no control over it. They really don't know how it's going to unfold. Um, in, in my view, I think the hand's being forced today, not because of any kind of concerns over fan safety, but more because they physically can't play games if a whole squad is, is in quarantine, uh, which is kind of what's happened. So Arsenal got hit by it. Um, I think Everton announced something today. So Liverpool's game would have been off anyway on Monday. So they, they had to do something. And it is fast moving. We just don't really know how, how it's going to unfold. Um, there's talk that some of the countries that, that, that got it first are starting to see signs that it's kind of slowing down a little now. And there's talk that in, in England at least that they are in the UK that the the rate is sort of still to hit its peak um, Donald Trump thinks all Americans are immune um, and I think this is the thing really is that it's fast moving but there's so much conflicting information and you've got to wonder sometimes what what the motives are behind that information um, I mean my rant on Twitter was um, worded in the early hours of this morning but it was basically along the lines of um, wondering why it's taking so long to do something, why the UK is doing different things to everybody else and whether money has got anything to do with it. And I I do think that was the big reason why the Premier League held back on doing anything until today. And I think it was today was because literally they can't sell something when there's, they have actually got a product to sell now, have they? So that's why you have to go on hold. Um, But it it will, it will evolve. I mean, basically they've they've stopped it for two weeks really, because then it's the international break. So the FA have agreed to not play their internationals, which probably weren't sold out anyway. Um, But I think certainly within that couple of weeks, at least we'll have a better idea of where we are and what happens next. Um, So, you know, a bit of a fixture pilot for some teams or is it a really, really long season or worse still, is it a season that doesn't happen? And that's that's the question that's 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 haunting people. And and you know, again, as I think Eddie's alluded to in the in the in the early goings here, all of this, all of this is comparative triviality um, when looked at against what could potentially unfold um, on a society-wide basis. We we understand that. We're here to talk about the things that uh, have gathered us together as a group, which is football-related. So, you know, um, just a disclaimer at the start, if it does seem to be getting into the weeds on the football and football-related issues, yes, we've all read the quote from Jurgen today and, you know, 
it's uh, quite presidential in and of itself. It's the decency that we expect from that man talking about how nothing matters except your family and look after them and look after the people around you. That's exactly, obviously, the message. You don't need us to, to, to say that to you if you're listening to this show. You need us to try and distract you and talk about the football and football-related issues. That's why we're here today. And, Guy, you know, when you hear what Jim's talking there about... Um, the potential financial um, motivations behind everything. Look, you know, with due uh, deference to the many, many, many Boris supporters who are probably listening to this, mm. what else would you expect from a setup, um, uh, you know, like that, um, except for the bottom line to be the consideration ahead of people, always ahead of people? Um, I have my suspicions that's very much what's happening in the States as well. Um, and if, in fact, I think if you don't have those suspicions, you're sort of either a hopeless romantic or or an ideologue. So when you, when you put it in that in that kind of frame, it really does kind of everything's very much qualified. But again, like what I said to Jim at the start, this is ever changing, and if it does really take hold. Um, or start expanding. I mean, there are already rumors here that, you know, we're going to go the way of Italy and get into lockdown in Ireland. Um, it, it, there does seem to be an element of denial in the slowness with which things are moving on your side of the water, doesn't there? Yeah, it really does. I mean, it, it's this is the strangest situation I've probably ever spoke about on a podcast. I'm sure it is for you as well. But hearing Nigel Pearson, of all people, criticising Boris Johnson's leadership was something I didn't expect to wake up to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, 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 that's what football does and what pandemic viruses does as well. Um, but yeah, you're right there. I think uh, people have tried to... Um, legitimise what, what um, the UK and the US do in about, what is it, the herd immune system or whatever, where you have so many people get it and then people get immune to it and whatever, but it still leaves ultimately the vulnerable people, um, well, vulnerable to, to such a virus. But I, I, it, it seems to be, like as, as we said at the start, we're no, we're no experts, but when the majority of countries that aren't run by a TV show host and a person from the Muppets or Sesame Street are, are like closing their country down completely. I'd probably rather side with them. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's like Ireland, it, well, Italy kind of had to. Um, I think Holland have done it as well. Um, but most of Europe have probably closed down. Um, and we, well, you, you joked on um, AIP last night about Brexit, the irony there about closing borders and where the only buggers open. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's just it's such a strange situation. But yeah, if if that's what they're going with the herd immune system, um, I, I just don't see how that works because whatever the uh, mortality rate is, whatever it is two two percent. I know it's mainly concerned for the vulnerable, as I said, but two percent is quite a lot when there's what 50, 60 million people in the UK. <laughs> that's still quite yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. It's a lot of people, and and that's the thing, Eddie. Is like we we are we're being drip fed um, science, some hinky science. Uh, herd immunity is a concept that um, I can see how that's very useful um, for people who want to peddle a, cer- a certain agenda in terms of how they're going to um, approach something. Um, but everything we get, I mean, every so often you'll get a little thread sneaking onto Twitter, which is here I am working on the front lines. It's horrendous, blah, blah, blah. And then every so often you'll get another thread saying, listen, it's all fine. We're sitting in and we're just self-isolating and watching box sets and we just got to wait it out. So 
As Guy says, we are no experts, no virologist am I. I don't want to come across as if I have a bloody clue. I will absolutely give my opinion for what it's worth. And I do think there's hinky stuff going on, a very much cocking an eyebrow the way that things are being dealt with in the UK. I already had been very upset with the slowness of the moving in Ireland. But, you know, we're about to welcome a whole herd of paddies back from Cheltenham who've been mixing en masse with the great uh, the great British public. So, I mean, it's all very relative, these measures, isn't it? I mean, it, it, it's just going to evolve the way it's going to evolve. Do you really believe uh, that this two-week thing, like we're nominally off schools here for two weeks, it's really just seems to be a holding pattern to me. Do you, do you have any belief that, you know, just the feel you get from things that, that, that anything will go forward? Is it going to be a matter of like, OK, now we've established all the players are have quarantined themselves for long enough. They are OK. Now we can start playing football. Do you really believe that's going to happen? No, absolutely not. I mean, they've said <laughs> I think there was something in the Premier League statement that said, third of April at the earliest, you know what I mean? A lot of leagues that suspended yesterday said it was for two weeks, uh, that they won't be for two weeks. This is going to go, or this is going to go much longer than that. That's clear. And I mean, it's uh, there's some of the inconsistencies that you just actually mentioned there, which were some of the things that had been the most concerning to me. Uh, for, for example, you're watching on Tuesday night. Well, uh, a match takes place in Valencia against Atlanta in front of an empty stadium. Spain is on complete lockdown. Madrid is, uh, Madrid has nothing in its shops. There's proper doomsday stuff going on there. According to the media, we can only based on what we're told by the media and uh, Adam Petrucioni, who lives there, said the same. So Madrid's until lockdown. But yet 24 hours later, 3000 people from Madrid are flying into our city to take on our team in, in Anfield and uh, they can watch a game quite freely move around the world. And, and, and that to me is just absolutely staggering. And until actually just as we broke on air, uh, the, the Wales Scotland rugby game has now been uh postponed as well because that was that along with Cheltenham were the two uh, elephants in the room if you like I mean the Cheltenham thing completely dumbfounds me I've been saying it all week I cannot understand how a hundred thousand people can go to a horse race and meet and amidst all this and there's talk of I mean we're, we're, we'll touch on it as the show goes I mean we, we we as Liverpool fans and as fuck as human beings we we don't expect that this league will be cancelled. It just seems absolutely outrageous to even contemplate that. Jonathan Northcroft, I was speaking to him earlier, and uh, the, the the whole thing around uh, the whole thing around his comment that we should, if it means that we have to adjust next season, if it means we have to change the whole landscape of football going forward and what happens in the calendar when it happens as a result of this, then that's what should happen. To just effectively say we'll rip it up and start again that's absolutely ludicrous thinking there's far too many stakeholders involved for that to happen obviously we saw that Tottenham and West Ham are allegedly the two sides in the Premier League uh, meeting that uh, that championed that earlier today uh, I know that uh, Miguel Delaney took a lot of flack last night from me included about uh, his statement that that, that that there's a meeting obviously of the Premier League with a with a motion to void the league. That was never a motion. That was never likely to happen. And Miguel can say all he likes. He was baiting Liverpool fans. And that's what the media are doing. They're baiting. They're turning into they're turning into little mini Duncan Castles of their own, trying to make sure that they get their pound of flesh from Liverpool fans while all this is going on and make their click seem more relevant than anyone else. And I thought it was very interesting that with an hour of Miguel Delaney tweeting that, they expected he would, he very quickly backtracked on the void thing and said he didn't expect that his own opinion was that that would not be the case. So, I mean, it's, there is so much there's so much going on. Obviously, the Twitter sphere is very toxic, as we know, and never, never more so than right now. So, Cheltenham, absolutely 
dumbfounded by that and uh, the the fact that people from Madrid where is one of the one of the hot spots in Europe were allowed to fly into Liverpool and uh, and infect there we don't know what obviously is going to happen none of us do we just have to begrudgingly have faith in the people that are telling us uh, that what's happening but the UK response is uh, I, I sat watching it smacking my head against the wall yesterday well, the thing about the thing about the book about the Madrid fans being over as well. I think football's waiting for some guidance from above from the government because then I'm sure insurance policies and things like that will kick in because all of a sudden, you know, you're not making a decision because you don't feel like doing something. You're making a decision because you have to do that certain thing. And I mean, getting the soccer bus the other day, <clears throat> I happened to get one of the buses that I think the whole of the top deck and bits of the lower deck were full of Madrid fans. Um, they were having a great old time. So I think they've stolen some of our songs. I don't really want to go back over what happened in the game. But the thing is, you know, as confined spaces go, a double-decker bus sitting on that for, you know, half an hour or however long it is, because obviously it doesn't leave until it's full, then it gets into the match day traffic. That's, you know, that's a lengthy amount of time to be sat in an enclosed space with with people who just come from a, from a, a city that you've just described basically as like, in the middle of a zombie apocalypse at the moment so it's it's not it's not a nice thought um you know we'll get on with it and i'm not saying i wouldn't have gone anyway if someone had said to me you know go the game but they've all got you know they've come from a very heavily infected part of the country part of the world um maybe i still would have gone but then it's not getting the correct information that's a worry um you know we we can make decisions based on information we're given and it's so frustrating that right now that there does seem to be a contradiction and there's something about the British attitude and I don't want to get overly political because it never ends well, but there's this British attitude that the British know better than everybody else. Um, the way they were over Brexit was was a, a very good example of that, that they were better than everybody else and they can do everything themselves better than anybody else. And now they seem to think they know best about this and whatever's going on, it just feels like, you know, it feels like the people who are going to suffer aren't the people making these decisions. Um, I, I, I could be critical of football and I will be because football should could have made a stand. It's such a powerful um, it is a powerful sport. It's it, it's this, how many people in this country or around the world are interested in this game and will pay attention when something's said by people involved in this game. It's it's a massive. Um, it's, it's it's a way of getting your propaganda out for one thing, um, you know. But but so football could have stood up, but really football shouldn't have to stand up. It should be done for it, and it, it just takes me back. And I, maybe I'm sort of overplaying it a little bit, but. Um, you know, back in 1989, a decision was made by someone in power not to delay the kickoff of a game for some stupid reason that I've never really understood. The kickoff delay that could have saved nearly 100 lives, but they didn't bother delaying the kickoff because they thought they knew better because they didn't really think much about the people who were going to the game. And all these years later, although the, <clears throat> excuse me, although the circumstances are different, the attitude doesn't seem to be. Um, and, and that's what's frustrating me most about this, that um, supporters, as always, are mistreated. But this isn't just sort of being out of pocket or having to get up early or you know, to stay overnight somewhere you didn't want to stay because the kickoff's been changed. This is this is life and death. And it's, I just find it frustrating that it's taken players getting ill for them to actually do something about it. There's no doubt that um, if you sit and absorb your uh, mainstream media news, uh, and that is literally all you're doing. Um, you are in a, a fear spiral at the moment, and it's been deliberately stoked. Um, I don't believe there are good intentions behind it. I'm sure there are several decent journalists and yeah. decent people involved in mainstream media who are trying to um, do their level best to get information across. But even the information that they're receiving is probably in some way skewed. 
the contradictions that are out there are so intense that you have to err on the side of caution. Of course you do. And both all of us now at this stage have sort of expressed a little bit of um, disbelief at the lack of concern for people in this whole scenario. And Eddie touches on a thing there, um, Guy, that I want to just, we, we should just tease it out, the whole football-related thing here. That's, mm. like I say, essentially why we've all gotten together as a group of humans anyway. It's why we have this channel that we all contribute to and enjoy so much, and it's why we have subscribers. Um, the reason is Liverpool Football Club and football as a sport. And there's a, there is a, there are a couple of issues that we should tease out. Let's say that we can't at this stage offer or opine as to whether um, the current plan for resumption of the league and the given date is daft or otherwise. But there is this talk about voiding the league. And I do want to I do want to drag it out because it does touch um, an awful lot of, 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 of high emotional points with people. Um, and, I, you know, last night we spoke in AIP about um, well, I did. I, I had a little bit of a rant about the the clearly self-interested um, comments by certain people who should know better. Um, a couple of days ago, before things were um, as quite as bleak as as, as 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 they appear to be now, so it makes it worse actually. Uh, about you know, call it off. Um, you know, it was it was clearly partisan. Um, whether or not anyone's idiotic enough to still be doing that and we've just heard about um, certain people who should know better baiting um, Liverpool fans and of course this drives interactions and clicks and views and all the rest of it we have a certain set of facts player contracts are going to be ending in June and we've got a summer tournament which needs to get either um, bumped or not we've got UEFA who are only meeting apparently according to yourself on Tuesday um, okay. Are the Euros going to get bumped? Are we going to just let this season finish out? Logic would dictate. Eddie was talking about you know people have vested interests uh, who who all have a, have a a lot of shares in seeing this thing completed if and when. Now we're just going to assume the best at this stage that there will be a period when things can be done. Logically speaking, doesn't it make sense to finish something out rather than, as Eddie said, ripping it up and starting again? Or do you suggest or do you suspect rather that it's again, there are some darker financial motives behind this concept of beginning again? Um, I just don't think logically, I just don't. I think we can't start again because you look. Even if you just if we try and take the bias out of it, ignore that Liverpool are winning the first league in thirty years or whatever. Look at the teams going up and down in the leagues. Like Leeds, they're pretty much in the same position as us. They're finally getting promoted after twenty odd years or whatever it is. Um, people getting relegated. I think, as Eddie said, West Ham are one of the teams. Um, obviously, if they get relegated, they're screwed because they're run by idiots. Um, and like and Tottenham, the other team rumoured to be the one. If they don't get the Champions League, they've got to pay off their new shiny stadium and they're paying Jose Mourinho a lot of money to be bad at his job. I'm just getting sly digs in here. I'm loving this. Um, but cost the season is nearly done. Like, oh, how long have we do? We've got, we're on 29 games, so there's nine games left. Um, and then there's different people on certain other games, isn't there? So there's about 10 games left and then nine for some. Um, you don't need that much time to cram that in. Like, 
you could probably play two games a week quite comfortably. But as you say, we're still waiting on UEFA, which is madness, really, because all it is is a Skype call. Okay, we're doing the Euros in every European country from Azerbaijan to England, which is stupid in the first place. Um, yeah. So that that pretty much makes it seriously impossible because you're relying on however many countries it is. Let's just say it's 20 just for a random number. Then you're relying on 20-odd countries to contain a virus rather than just one. I know football's trivial, but if it was one country, you could judge the situation properly. But now that it's however many, it's literally impossible for the Euros to go ahead because it only takes one of the countries to be in bother still in the summer. Um and then the rumours are that it's going to go back to 2021, um, which obviously has a knock-on effect for the Nations League. But as I said before we start recording, who gives a toss? Because it's basically a friendly. Um, and then there's other stuff like the Olympics as well, which is obviously will need to be rescheduled as well, which is probably the biggest sporting event. Um, it's it just... <sighs> It just can't be restarted. It just simply can't be. Like, even if it affects next season, you have to finish a season before you can start again. Like, if say if we restarted, that means Norwich are still in the Premier League. Um, whoever else is going to get relegated. Uh, Man City does their... Well, we haven't... They're your way for stuff. Is that just going to get swept aside now? There's also, though, Gail, aside from the clubs... Mm-hmm. The, the the legal elements that the association has to deal with. What about TV companies potentially withholding yeah. funds? You're gonna have you're gonna have people right now on this cord cutting environment. You're now TV brigade or whatever. They'll immediately be thinking, well, I don't need my Sky my Sky subscription this yeah, month. Exactly. What, what, what on earth's gonna be on these channels? You've obviously got sponsors. There's sponsors galore in this league that are going to be withholding mm. funds left, right, and center. Premier League, UEFA, the Champions League, all the prize money associated with yeah. where you finish in the leagues. All of these are massive factors. Clubs, perhaps, not, maybe not in the Premier League, but other clubs not being able to pay their players' wages. You know what mm. I mean? You've got contracts ending generally on the 30th of June as well. It's, it's a, I mean, the biggest winners in this are going to be the sports lawyers, as usual. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, Jesus. As, as you say, with like stuff like that, I mean, if we just get rid of the season, like, where else? Where all of a sudden going to have Nike money? We're going to have just infinite amount of money to spend in the summer and stuff like that. Um, it's probably the least impactful for us, but we're going to lose what Adam Lalana on a free, as you say. I think Klein's contract might be up. Um, but then I think teams like Arsenal they might be losing like Aubameyang and stuff like that on a free. So. It's probably trivial for us, but in terms of some teams, like that contract yeah, situation... Chelsea, Chelsea have William, Pedro, yeah. Giroud. They have loads of their big hitters, you know what I mean, that are going to be affected by this. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd say fortunate. We're probably in one of the okayest positions in terms of the contracts and stuff. But if we start again, it's not just restarting the season. It is, it is just starting the new season because it's just going to be completely new teams. Like, what are you going to say? Oh, we're going to start the new season. You can't buy any new players. Everyone's getting a year extension. Wink, wink unofficially or some stupid thing you, you're either you're not restarting this you're either avoiding a season and starting a new one aren't you? it's not about restarting so you, ha- is, you it's, have to it's not going to be easy is it it's not going to be no. easy wherever actually they decide to take and i think the interesting thing though is that football authorities seem to have power that 
that no other sort of organisation outside of governments have. Certainly, like the FA seem to act like the sort of you know judge and jury on on cases, almost as if it is like a a full on court court case. Sometimes, if you ever read some of the adjudications, if you're ever really really suffering from insomnia, um, you can read some <laughs> of the adjudications on player discipline cases and stuff. Um, the thing is that you know how hard would it be to get some lawyers in to draft it appropriately to say that for the purposes of 2020, the 30th of June is now going to be the 30th of October or something because they've decided to mm. extend the season to that. You know, it's you know, and that's the kind of thing that can be done with government backing and even calling people out if there's people who are sort of working against this. Because the the, the bottom line is that why do we watch football in the first place? So you know, we don't watch it for anything other than to be entertained, to enjoy it, to to feel like you can win something. All those reasons that we all got into football in the first place and, and the spirit of the game, if there still is one. Um, you know, I mean, I, I think it's, it's going to be difficult wherever, wherever gets chosen to be done. Um, there's and going Jim, to need you, to be done Jim, around you, it, but we can do like it. Trev, you, me, Trev, we're old enough to remember Liverpool winning the league multiple times as, yeah. as, as younger men. Now, Guy's not in as fortunate a position as us to have seen that. So we're, we're in this situation where, I mean, literally, based on what you just said there, Jim, who gives up at that point? You know what I mean? Who, who just thinks this is just not worth it? This this product is no longer fit for purpose. This this sport, this this game, this club that I dedicate my life to and so much of my time and money, effectively, it's just not worth it anymore because the whole thing just becomes an absolute mockery if, if there if there is such a thing. I know Trev's just playing devil's advocate by teasing it out there <laughs> for us, but it's a, it, it really gets my back up that it's even a consideration. That's the one thing that I really felt was missing from that Premier League statement today. Now, they have said that they're committed to seeing the season complete. That's fine. But that should have been for me, and I knew it wasn't going to happen. I said that to Gags this morning. I knew they wouldn't be absolutely definitive on it. But to me, it should be absolutely definitive. If that means that you go into next season and the, the, the league is structured in a way that every team just plays each other once rather than twice, fine. I'm, I'm a total blank canvas on it. You know what I mean? I, if, it, if it means that next season has to be structured in a slightly different way to make this season, 1920, uh, actually finish, then that has to be the top priority. They have to find a way to do that, regardless of contracts, regardless of transfer windows and all the stuff that comes with it. That's why Euro 2020 should have been cancelled immediately. It should have been the first thing to be cancelled and then the plans could have already begun rather than this where everyone's reactionary because they don't know what the proactive governing body of UEFA, the biggest charlatans of them all, are actually yeah. going to decide to do. I think I think the other side to the finance as well is like you look at it from a fan's point of view. Um, you know, they decide to make the season dull and void. Well, class action, let's all get our money back for what we've paid out for this season if it wasn't a season. You know, it's, yeah, a, you know, you, you, you can take things down all kinds of angles, can't you? And we shouldn't be, you know, but that's the thing now. Everyone and it's not just for football, it's for the actual the situation that the world is in itself. You know, it's time to put all that to one side and look Let's have some logical, sensible, um, amicable decisions in, to in get that, through in, this. Everyone will have to compromise in some way. But you know, giving up on a season that is just stupid. It's just, it's just, it's just it does not make sense. And I know, yes, we are biased. Of course, we're biased. Um, and if it was the other way around, if it was Manchester United about to get the, you know, to, a few years ago about to draw level with Liverpool's total, obviously we'd be sort of shouting for it to be cancelled. But the difference is, if it wasn't cancelled, we wouldn't be crying about it because we'd only be saying it for a bit of a laugh. Um, yeah, we wouldn't the, be in, serious. In, in the vein, Jim, of of um, the discussion around self-interest, uh, and you know, 
again, this is kind of part of the raison d'etre of today's program is to talk about what is being talked about because people are exposed to all these opinions, um, semi-formal um, from people who uh, carry some heft and obviously there's the usual um, uh, you know masses on, on, on Twitter who will react to anything with idiocy or, or, or bile or vitriol. But I think there's a, there's a nugget of something there in what both of you you are saying and what Guy was hinting at before is that like honestly there needs to be a bit of calm around this. The decision making does not need to be final. The decision making does not need to be um, set in stone. There needs to be a little bit of leeway around. Let's see how this pans out. And I suppose to a certain extent in that statement. They have started that sort of chat. At least there is no kind of intention initially towards this idea of scrapping something. And you've outlined very well there some of the things that could occur on the back of it. I guess if those things are occurring next season, um, we will be looking at uh, a country that is recovered, a world that is recovered, and that would be priority number one. And, you know, Eddie, in the situation we're in today, just for perspective, because I think the self-interest thing is very, very interesting topic of conversation. And we can all talk about the business side of things and our own personal uh, wishes. And we can be as honest as Jim was there and say, you know, if the situation was reversed, we might have an inclination to be saying bin it off. But we do have to reflect on the humanity of it. And, you know, today, as you've just posted into the chats, we see that training at Melwood has been suspended. The players are in on individual training programs now for the foreseeable. Um, and we have a statement from Jurgen. Um, and... <laughs> If you're looking for a, a touch of humanity, um, he, he's kind of a one-stop shop. It, with your permission, lads, I might read out what Jürgen said. That that seem okay to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah Okay. It's quite long, but just bear with me. He says, I don't think there's a moment where the thoughts of a football manager should be important, but I understand for our supporters that they will want to hear from the team, and I will front that. First and foremost, all of us have to do whatever we can to protect one another in society. I mean, this should be the, the case all the time, but... Uh, this moment, I think, matters more than ever. I've said before that football always seems the most important of the least important things. Today, football and football matches really aren't important at all. Of course, we don't want to play in front of an empty stadium and we don't want games or competitions suspended. But if doing so helps one individual stay healthy, just one we do it, no questions asked. It is a choice between football, or if it's a choice between football and the good of the wider society, it's no contest, really, it isn't. Today's decision and announcement is being implemented with the motive of keeping people safe. Because of that, we support it completely. We have seen members of teams we compete against become ill. The virus has shown that being involved in football offers no immunity to our rival clubs and individuals who are affected and to those who later will become so. You are in our thoughts and prayers. None of us know in this moment what the final outcome will be but as a team we have to have belief that the authorities make decisions based on sound judgment and morality yes i am the manager of this team and club and therefore carry a leadership responsibility with regards to our future on the pitch but i think in the present moment with so many people around our city the region the country and the world facing anxiety and uncertainty it would be entirely wrong to speak about anything other than advising people to follow expert advice and look after themselves and each other the message from the team to our supporters is only about your well 
well-being. Put your health first. Don't take any risk. Think about the vulnerable in our society and act where possible with compassion for them. Please look after yourselves and look out for one another. Um, you'll never walk alone. Jürgen, Eddie, I mean, it, it's impossible to argue with the sentiment there. It's it's basically saying what, what we're all uh, saying in various ways that we hope sensible decisions will be made, that we hope logic will prevail. We hope panic will not set in in terms of pulling triggers on any sort of uh, um, 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 football related issues. But we also hope that the most important thing is that people will actually try to be uh, showing a little bit of humanity, not elbowing each other in supermarkets to get to the last the bog roll for today because there's more coming in tomorrow. Not wiping stuff from from trolleys, which I was talking about on AIP last night just a little touch of humanity and again as ever if you're going to go for anyone for a calm voice um you're against the man isn't he yeah i mean that's first of me hearing that statement as you read it there and it, it sums up the man and uh, in some ways it's such a pity that he's actually probably already preaching to the converted i know jim didn't say jim said right at the top of the show that we won't bring politics into it too much and that's not our intention but you can certainly be sure that the 100,000 people that are congregated at the horse racing just now wondering when their next uh, when their next bet's going to come in, uh, they won't be paying any attention to what Jürgen Klopp's just so eloquently uh, eloquently spoken there. And that's the travesty of the human race, if you like, that we have people from different backgrounds with different beliefs. And uh, whilst that should be something that we're proud of as a, as a race, it's something that divides us. And uh, it's such a shame in some ways that, <laughs> that Jürgen Klopp isn't the person standing up in, in Downing Street saying, uh, words like that rather than us have to listen to some uh, some completely unqualified uh, ego test uh, given his opinion but as I say I don't I don't want to drag it down a, a political rabbit hole because that's not what the intention of this is but a lovely statement uh, very, very meaningful and uh, I think it does convey what most of us as Liverpool fans are, are feeling and, and thinking today and it's so strange to be in the situation where for me obviously as a person you said we've all got our own personal things I, I'm finding myself worried about my family, my friends, my businesses, my uh, my football club all in one. I'm not really sure at certain times of the day which order to put them in. It's very, very odd. It, it, it genuinely is. And, and I think that's, you know, if anything to take away from, from, from that statement, it is it is the, the, the entirely strange, and Guy was putting his finger on it uh, earlier on, the entirely strange situation that we're in. Um, it is unique. I, I, some people may think I'm cynical when I say that, you know, we've seen this movie before. I'm not trying to be, uh, to downplay the, the seriousness of it, because some people react very badly to anything like that. They want to panic. They want their panic to be validated. They want their fear uh, to be validated. And that's absolutely fine. And, and, and I just from a personal point of view and i think it's important that um you know in a situation like this you, you do say something if you feel it passionately i do feel this passionately from a personal point of view i live next door to my parents they're they're um older people and they are apparently the most vulnerable they both have had a lot of illness to cope and, and contend with and i'm trying to talk to them about not going shopping and stuff like that and they're telling me it's the only time we get out in the day and stuff like that look there are all sorts of considerations for people, but I would say you're not going to help any situation at all by being, you know, um, running around like you're on fire and, and responding to every little signal that comes via media uh, with fear. It will blind you. It will absolutely stop you from being rightly suspicious at times. So just 
if you can take a breath, I know what I'm doing is I'm self excluding from fricking media, because honestly, if you keep reading Twitter for a period of time, you will be in a dark spot and fear will be all that takes over you, your mind. Um, I think also, you know, you're talking about media and certainly social media count to 10 before you respond to trolls and maybe just use that mute button don't use the block button because they love that they'll, they'll screenshot that you've blocked them just use the mute button and you know what quite often if it's still bothering you half an hour later go back and unmute them but the chances are it won't be and you've mm. not you know you've not escalated it because as you say there's people out there trying to get you to bite they've got nothing better to do with the day maybe than to get you to bite and you know you don't want to fill your day with that do you because there's so many good people on twitter and in the world that you know if it does end up twitter's our main way of communicating with people then let's make it nicer than it has been and i generally generally think the mute button's a good way to do that because it, it does it does work as a very good filter and that's it. It's, and in, in the spirit of that guy, like, I mean, you know, there, people are often quick to point out, you know, um, I don't know what you're giving. I, I, might, I might say, Jesus, this place is a shit show or something. And people say, I don't know what you're talking about. My, I've curated my timeline beautifully. I'm, well, fair play to you. But you can't stop people retweeting stuff. You can't stop people. Well, you can. But you can't stop people quote tweeting stuff and, and that type of thing and um, saying, look at this nonsense. And then you're forced to see it. Um, so do, do you get the point that I'm making about that i mean as a fella who's uh, infinitely younger than than i am do you think that's actually possible for people to do is it just something that um old curmudgeons like me can actually think about and say do you know what today i'm not going to do that because i don't need that in my life is 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 there are we looking at a generation i, I suspect we are who find that infinitely more difficult because they've kind of grown up immersed in it yeah i mean i've obviously grew up whether it's msn uh that went on Facebook, now Twitter. Uh, I'm, maybe even Instagram's a step too far for me. <laughs> um, but uh, getting bloody old people. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've, I've grew up in social media, so I'm kind of used to it. I'm Well, everyone's had bell ends in their generation, but we've obviously, my generation's probably got the loudest platform for it, which is a shame, really. I'm not just saying all young people are bell ends, by the way. I've seen that tag quite a lot. Um but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm quite used to the social media thing. It's not really a problem in terms of um, in, in terms of my time specifically. I, I, as you said, I've curated mine beautifully. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, 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 it's a bit special, but it's like heaven on the... Uh, I, was, I was wondering why you, went, why you weren't responding to anything I, I've put up. I've, I'm, you've muted me, haven't you? Ah, it's because you're on private. I can't get the cheeky retweet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, but no, yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm just used to it, really. But I, yeah, my my Twitter, it's normally me trying to make shit jokes that nobody retweets or likes. Hint, hint. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, social media. As you write, you're writing what you say. I think obviously, say we don't want to get this political. I think I brought up the general election and Boris Johnson in multiple times here, but I think that's when we saw. Twitter for me at the worst, or social media in general is the worst, was the general election. Obviously, this is cool, similar similarish situation um, in terms of yeah, you're getting force fed information and stuff like that. And I think, as you say, you got to, you kind of got to get through the weeds. I mean, most people won't use the sun, for example, because well, Liverpool and all that jazz and you're a human being but uh, if you see like the daily mail i'm going to use an example because obvious reasons if you see them sensationalizing stuff just ignore them 
don't follow the Daily Mail. It's a, it's a great way of doing that. But at the same way, I mean, can you trust the BBC? Can you just whatever? Just 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 as 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 Jim said, um, take a moment, take a few moments, just process the information, process what people are saying. Are you? I know he was on about trolls, but even just when you're getting information, just process it. Look where the source is. Look where it's come from. Um, and and take a moment and just process it because people can be dickheads. <laughs> They can. And you know what? There are lots of good independent journalists out there. And if they are operating from the scene of places, they are infinitely more trustworthy. And you mentioned, can we trust a certain organization? I think they've proved definitively recently that they cannot be, that they are part of the great fear porn uh, industry. So let's let's just be sensible about what we intake. And if you do find yourself going down a spiral, you know, an awful lot of people are incessantly talking about mental health now. Um, and it's good. And it's also bad because it's heightened awareness of the fact that maybe I am upset or distressed. And sometimes, and this is not to trivialize it, but sometimes going out for a walk and putting on a stupid comedy podcast, like mm. AIP, for example, mm. can get you out of that mindset. And we have, um, sorry, sorry, Trev, we have the thing in, if you're not in Discord, um, I know the free people might not be in, but on Discord, we have that mental health chat as well. Yeah. Um, if you want to chat on there or if you follow any of us, I'm sure we can chat, but obviously there'll be better qualified people in terms of dealing with that. But in Discord, we do have a mental health chat if you want to get anything off your, ch- off your uh, chest or anything like that. Exactly. Exactly. Look, let's move towards an end of this show with a little bit of a reference to some of the things that might act as a distraction for people in the coming days, weeks or however long this takes. And Ed, I know I might just bring you in on this now in terms of um, upcoming stuff uh, that people can expect, because obviously with no games, there will be a change to the sort of scheduling on AI Pro and even on the free side. So what are your thoughts around that? Um, I certainly have a couple of things I want to contribute as well in terms of um, healthy distractions for people and what we might be doing in upcoming weeks. I have a couple of ideas I want to bounce off you after we hang up as well. and I'll let Guy and Jim do the same if there's anything remaining. So what are your thoughts around that? Well, the immediate thing, obviously, is with no fixtures. It, normally, we have a lot of time to plan when there's no fixtures. So we're uh, we're always planning content to kind of fill international breaks and things like that. Obviously, we haven't got that luxury this time. This is uh, this has been thrown at us uh, very suddenly, even though we've seen all the stuff going on in China and Italy and stuff. We, we never knew that until this week, obviously, until today, in fact, that the fixtures were going to be completely shelved. There was some behind-closed-doors theories and everything. So we've still been working to a plan that we would have fixtures, uh, and we know that people are going to want content. Content, especially when there's no football i can imagine people will be hitting those box sets that you mentioned uh, quite heavily over the next few weeks because there is literally going to be no sport i mean literally the world sporting calendar has just been has just been kiboshed i mean there is literally nothing even the masters golf which is three weeks away that's been put on a, a back burner as well now i've seen while well, we've been on air and uh, that apart from i think cheltenham literally today i think you said it to, to jan Moby on a podcast a few weeks ago he was saying we'll get cheltenham in and he's been proved to be right because cheltenham is just concluding in in the next two hours we're recording uh, this at about three o'clock on friday afternoon and uh, after that that is your lot there is going to be no sport anywhere so what they're going to fill these channels with is exactly the same on sky on b 
BT on ESPN, what they're going to fill them with, I have absolutely no idea. And we're in exactly the same boat uh, here on uh, on Anfield Index. Uh, uh, immediately post-match Roy, your show, uh, pro- the most popular show on the channel, that will be put on hiatus. Rate Don't Hate, which guys part of also hiatus. There's nothing you guys can do about that. There is just no, nothing to speak about. Those those shows are based on content. The other show Guy does, which would normally be in the place of this one today, Pro Plus Preview, looks at Jurgen Klopp's press conferences ahead of games. Again, no, we, we can't even think about shows like that. They're gone until the, until the season resumes. Obviously, there's things that uh, Carl and Dave can do on AI Scouted. There's things you can do with Jan Molby. There's things uh, Jim can do on Scouser Tommy's with Mike. So the, the, the shows will continue, but we're just going to have to try and be as creative as we can and come up with new subjects and new themes. And we've got nothing topical. We don't want to repeat this show every day. We're doing this show to kind of react to some massive breaking news uh, on a global scale that our football club has been and our, our game has been caught in the crossfire of. So, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to have to try and come up with new things to entertain, to inform and that's uh that's what we'll do the uh i have posted on discord if you're not on discord you should be it's anfieldindex.com forward slash discord di d-i-s-c-o-r-d and uh that is the place to go and get all the latest information i i put uh we obviously have this event uh planned in in may at the moment we're not planning to change that we i spoke to gags and greg this morning there's a lot of water to go under the bridge before we, we would have to do something like that but people can be assured if for whatever reason that that event doesn't happen of course we will refund the tickets and that's going to be a great expense to us because there's obviously a lot of costs already been shelled out on that event because we had to plan for it and we're not the only ones uh industries are going to be everywhere i mean i know we've talked about Cheltenham, but what are the bookies going to do that's going to be another massive betting industry collapse they're going to be in big trouble with this so football sport in general is a lot of our uh, testing times ahead and as guy said if you do need that uh, mental health uh, group on discord then it is there for you uh, that was a suggestion by mark roberts and uh, it's been a uh, massively appreciated and, and, and well used so for me that's really how it's going to affect danfield index uh, we'll still be uh Sam Maguire still planning on carrying out his newsletter. We're going to try and keep as much content coming for everyone as we can, but we can only work with what we've got, unfortunately. And as it is based around football and Liverpool Football Club in particular, we just have to react when uh, when things are, are there to talk about. Yeah, and as you say, there you know there's an inventive and creative bunch of humans um, who are gainfully employed and active in and around Anfield Index Pro and the free side as well and no doubt those minds and uh, will be uh, in 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 great effect uh, over the coming weeks and days and no doubt there will be light bulbs going off left right and center and no doubt there will be content to distract people i kind of don't know about you but at this stage i almost feel it kind of incumbent upon us uh, to try and help out in that regard and i know that from a personal point of view uh, we will be doing Anfield Index podcast, myself and Carl and Cam and Guy, uh, all the way through. And we will be doing um, daft nonsense to distract you. Uh, last night we spoke about football. I don't see any great reason for us to be speaking about football for the next couple of shows, um, or at least not exclusively football. It's always going to be football related um, for the next couple of shows, at least um, until something happens or new decisions are made. In that context, we will be putting out shows and you know, if you haven't listened to it, you're missing it. It is a rare thing. I, I, I certainly wouldn't be doing it voluntarily after all these years if I didn't enjoy it immensely because I think it's of good standard and, it's in, you know, can be humorous and insightful and it's also a nice bit of distraction. And I would recommend that people tune into that. There's a whole back catalogue if you haven't uh, listened to that in the past. 
myself and Jan will try and tease some things out for you. That guy's always tremendous value when it comes to talking about the game, whether it be past, present or future. So that will be there. And just on a personal note as well, my Great Stories podcast will be going ahead and I'm doing a bonus one today. A big, long, scary Stephen King story for you just to distract you and make you fr- afraid for a different reason. I think it's important. And this is just my little effort. And I'm going to do a couple of extra ones over the next couple of days. Um, just so people have something to listen to and take their mind off, uh, like I said, the incessant chatter, um, which is doing nothing but uh, upsetting people. Uh, just Jim and Guy, is there anything you left on the table or you'd like to mention before we wrap up? I'll start with you, Jim. Well, yeah, I mean, I think I'll get back to doing another scouted time. He's not uh, managed to arrange one for this week. Yeah, we one thing and another. Uh, but I mean, myself, myself and Mike generally do them face to face. Um, so maybe we'll be moving more into a Skype version again, just to avoid any cross contamination. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. um, I'm already working from home, so you know it's. Uh, we we decided last week at work that we'd uh, we'd start working from home for the time being. Um, but I think yeah, you're right. Although there's no football to talk about, there's always something to talk about. I think if we were all sat around in a pub. Um, and that normal conversation was about the match. You know, we'd, we'd still be talking in, in the pub in a fortnight's time, maybe not about the football, but we'd still find something to talk about. And I think I would just say that, really, if you're listening to this and you've got some ideas of things that you think you'd like us to talk about on different shows during this gap, let us know. Because, points, you know, you points, could have yeah. the best idea ever and you're sitting there on it and not letting anybody know. Um, yeah. And if it's not a great idea, then, you know, we'll not be harsh, <laughs> we'll not be horrible. Um, and, you know, there's no such thing as a bad idea. They always come in at some point so yeah i think we're all we, we've got to keep each other entertained for the next who knows how long and you know what i think that li- listening to so many great voices on anfield index there's plenty of people here that are going to entertain you one way or another even if the football can't do that for you absolute facts and guy, <laughs> guy to wrap us up anything uh, you like to, to flag up or that we left on the table or you want to mention that's uh, coming up I best start doing face off face offs again. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't know what the topic will be because there's nothing to <laughs> debate. But maybe we'll do some retrospectively. What was it? What's your favourite virus? Stuff like that. There you go. Oh, there some, you there's going be some fun in there. There'll be some fun, and 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 you know, and it's exactly the type of thing that people want is, uh, and because it is pure distraction and and and, and entertainment uh, and familiar voices, which can often be reassuring as well. I find um, I like listening to my favorite podcasters. Uh, it just puts me at ease. So Eddie, I think we're safe enough to wrap up. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well done, guys, on uh, on putting this out so quickly. And I, I know that everyone's had to kind of move things around to make this uh, show happen this afternoon. So. Uh, Thank you to you guys, and uh, I hope everyone's enjoyed listening to to what we've had to say. Uh, I mean, we're not qualified, as we said at the start, to give you medical advice or anything like that. But we just wanted to uh, to get together and uh, and talk about uh, the situation that we find ourselves in as, as Liverpool football fans, first and foremost. And again, I'm going to hold my hands up and say that it would have been at least an hour or two earlier if it wasn't for the fact that I'm doing some serious prepper things here. I'm digging, digging bunkers and unloading cans and stuff and all that kind of thing, you know, getting into it here, fellas, in a big way. So apologies for the, the delay on my end there because I know you boys are ready to go. But we will wrap it up in that. Hopefully, um, if you hadn't heard stuff, there were some clarification around some ideas there for you. And again, be reassured, um, the voices will not be disappearing from this end we'll be doing something for you as much as we can uh, and making it as relevant as we can as we go on I've been Trev Denny you heard Eddie Gibbs you heard Jim Boardman you heard Guy Drinkle that has been Pro Plus on a very very strange occasion we'll talk to you soon 
Sports Social Podcast Network.